This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle and Tana Pennington. Woohoo. Thanks for Hi. joining us. It's another good day here. Yes. We uh, we are retirement planners with the Lind Group. We focus on retirement income planning, helping you get all your stuff organized. We uh, have a weekly show that everybody listens to. It's a podcast. We also have the videos that we put on YouTube and Rumble. Um, they're supposed to be about retirement planning, but Tana always tries to steer us to... Um, I don't know, political chaos talk or something. I do not. I have to always reinforce though, <laughs> there's not like, there, there's purpose to the show. The reason we talk yeah. about these general topics is because they do impact you, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the, the numbers and data on COVID impact you, they impact your finances, yeah. they impact your ability to travel and enjoy retirement and have the resources that you need. The reason that we talk about the politics is because the, uh, like mm-hmm. we're going to talk about today, the, the, the tax policy and legislation stuff impacts you. All of this stuff is about you guys. So just wanted to reinforce that. Whew. Geez. I was already fired up on that. I, you know, you just gotta, gotta, <laughs> gotta make the point. The, um, how's it going, Tana? Good. Yeah. yeah my kids are, well, my kids are, this is the last week of school. So last week of school. almost here. More, we got three more weeks. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I know they they just said that to me over the weekend. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. We, we just started school. How can right? we be, how can we be getting out of school? It's <laughs> uh, the weird that's world good. we live in. That's good. That's good. You know, um, Tan and I we were talking before the show. We've got a lot to kind of go through today. But hey, love all of our listeners. Love all the feedback mm-hmm. that we get. Please keep emailing us. Um, you can email our just the company at info at the lindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. You can also visit our main website, the lindgroup.com. You um, can give us a call, 805-500-7035. All of those things are good ways to get a hold of us. If you have questions about the show, topics, things you would like us to cover, things you would like us to talk about, we love all of the feedback, even even the criticism of the feedback, criticisms. The, um, <laughs> Critter. I say that, I didn't make that up. That's actually like was an app that my buddy's cousin made and he, he got like five million bucks from a venture capitalist on it like wow right so criticism i think is what it was called um okay so hey look last week tana and i made a bunch of false promises or did we i don't did know we? we made some promises we promised that this week we were going to come back yeah it's all going to be right. inflations and how your bonds are screwing you and and solutions on fixing that that is not a lost art. What happened was, is I mandated Grace over here behind the scenes to start beautifying a PowerPoint presentation because yes. she is Super many important. years younger than me and Tana and has the ability to use a computer. Hence, I don't. <laughs> and so anyway, so we've been working on this presentation. What I realized last Friday when we were working on it, this conversation's a little serious. Like yeah. there's a lot to it. It is a little in depth. And so what Tana and I decided to do, instead of doing it as our weekly podcast video show, 
Um, we're going to record it as a standalone project and we'll probably get it out this week, but pretty quickly we'll put it out. We'll do an email blast mm-hmm. to anyone who's in our client database. So if you don't get emails from us, please reach out. We'll put you in the database. You'll get all the notifications on that stuff, but we're going to do something a little fancier. Even we're even going to have to record it um, in a different platform than this beautiful one with my my hip background that I made. I made that though. I have like I have like, I have like 19 hours into making that, and then Grace is like, "Oh, you just push the button." You know, and you're like what? Huh? Anyways, okay, okay, okay. So here's where we're going to start. We're going to start with something really stupid. Um, a few days ago, one of the fun things about what I do is constantly clients are sending me stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I get, I get stock tips. I get tips on this and information <laughs> about that. Um, 90% of it is pure insanity. Um, but last week somebody sent me a video and I sent it to Tana and I sent it to <laughs> Connor, our tax guy. And I got back physical laughter, um, which I thought was hilarious. And I thought, you know what? We all need a, a dose a of good funny. laugh. So, Yes. The video now, granted, we're all in the finance industry, so maybe no one will think it's funny. But what's funny about it is, is it's one of these like, I don't know, these like automated voice things. We've heard them before. Um, and what it does is it goes through all of these different kind of right. country setups and things like that. So, you know, I'm gonna let the video speak for itself. Mm-hmm. What I also learned is that when we play this video, Tana and I will be muted, but you'll still see us if you're watching the video. <laughs> and so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stay focused. I can't start picking my nose or something. So, all right, Tana, here we go. We're going to see if we can horrify people or not. Communism. You have two cows. The state takes both and gives you some milk. Socialism. You have two cows. You give one to your neighbor. Fascism. You have two cows. The state takes both and sells you some milk. Bureaucratize. You have two cows. The state takes both, shoots one, milks the other and then throws the milk away. Traditional capitalism. You have two cows, you sell one and buy a bull. Your herd multiplies, and the economy grows. You sell them and retire on the income. Venture capitalism. You have two cows. You sell three of them to your publicly listed company, using letters of credit opened by your brother-in-law at the bank, then execute a debt equity swap with an associate in general offer so that you get all four cows back with the tax exemption for five cows. The milk rights of the six cows are transferred by an intermediary to a Cayman Island company secretly owned by the majority shareholder who sells the rights to all seven cows back to your listed company. The annual report says the company owns eight cows, with an option on one more. An Italian corporation. You have two cows, but you do not know where they are. You decide to have lunch. A French corporation. You have two cows. You go on strike, organize a riot, and block the roads, because you want three cows. An American corporation. You have two cows. You sell one, and force the other to produce the milk of four cows. Later, you hire a consultant to analyze why the cow has died. A Swiss corporation. You have 5,000 cows. None of them belong to you. You charge the owners for storing them. An Irish corporation. You have two cows. One of them is a horse. 
<laughs> stupid. You know why it's stupid to me is because it's kind of true. Uh, yeah, in a very I think, simple I think that's way. What's funny is it? You know, it's it's kind of true. You know, the um. <laughs> my first grader could understand it. Right, right. I'm gonna show it to my kids. The um. I like the vent. Venture capitalist one. Oh, well, it's just, it's just that funny. One. It was just funny. It's because it's just obnoxious. And, yeah. And it's, but once again, it's kind of true. Yeah. You know, but even the simplicity of American capitalism. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you figure out how to grow your own personal economy and then you do well. Huh, weird. Smart. Um, all right. All right. All right. We're moving on. We're moving on. I'm pulling up the COVID tracker, Tana. Woo. COVID tracker 2020. So this one's interesting this week. Um, there was a lot of stuff that popped out. Yes. That I liked. Um, obviously, daily reported cases nationally falling quite a bit in the last mm-hmm. three weeks. They're down almost 50%. You've gone from 70,000 down to the mid 30,000s of daily new cases. The mortality rate is softening out. Locally in Ventura County, it's very low. I mean, our, our oh, good. we're at like two people per 100,000 or something, which is fantastic. I mean... Mm-hmm six months ago or whenever we were at 10. So that's good. What else was interesting when we looked at the data coming out of the CDC is they show the weekly count of U.S. deaths versus excess deaths. And so what that is, is it's saying, hey, you know what? Normally people die in the country from car accidents and cancer mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. And so have deaths been in excess to what is typical and normal? The orange line is the typical and normal the blue bars is what is, is over. And you can kind of see, you know, for the better part of the last year, we've been above the orange line. And now we're below lately. Woo. That is fantastic. That's a positive, right? Things are feeling a little healthier. It doesn't feel like that when you watch the news, but the data is showing that things are getting better. That's fantastic news. Uh, Here's an update. We've talked about this one before. I find it funny is uh, cases per hundred thousand of new cases Mm -hmm. for states that mandate masks and states that don't. Obviously, it's such a polarizing topic. People are upset. The CDC said if you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask. But uh, maybe this will help convince you. What's fun about this chart is the orange line is the no mask states. The blue line is the mask states. I think big picture, more or less, what do you notice about the two lines? There's not much spread. Pretty linear. To right. They kind of move together. Yeah. So on yeah. face value, there's a strong argument of like, uh, right. okay, not compelling. But if we were going to get into some kind of micro analytics of this, remember December was like the apex of the pandemic, man. Things were going nuts into January and stuff. And so you see the orange line, to be fair, you know, in the first half of this was more or less a little higher, <laughs> even though they're the same. It was a little higher. But what's happened in the last couple of months, Tana? Yeah, masks are above. Yeah, the the mask mandate states are actually having more cases per 100,000 than the no mask states. Right. Oh, I hate data because then data goes (laughs) against the narrative. Damn data. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. No, it's interesting. No, it is interesting. Like I said, to each their own. Uh, This one's my favy fave, though. Oops, I went too far. At the bottom, they just did a a survey. This is coming out of a... um, a morningconsultant.com. So basically what it was is they went around and they pulled people who had been vaccinated and people who had not been. And they said the share of vaccinated and unvaccinated U.S. adults who are comfortable doing the following given things, going to a restaurant, flying on a plane, attending a concert, going to the gym, going to a party, going to a wedding. 
Okay, so the orange bar is unvaccinated. The blue bar is vaccinated. What do you notice about every column, Tana? Yeah, the orange, so unvaccinated, is by far more. More comfortable? Yep, more like, comfortable. In every situation, the unvaccinated Everyone. people are more comfortable going Absolutely. out into the world than the vaccinated people. Like, talk about the twilight zone, right? It, yeah. Shouldn't it, this be the polar opposite? The vaccine is here to make us feel comfortable. It's to make us normalize. It's to make us get back in action. And the people who are vaccinated based on the polling, not based on the listeners, but based on the polling, are the ones who are still a little nervous about getting out there and shaking their foot. That's very interesting. Their foot or whatever. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's bizarre. Like all this is why data freaks me out, you know, because I love numbers. I love facts. I love information. You don't obviously see this in the news. Right. Um, <laughs> this stuff's not made up. I mean, look at the sources under all of these CDC. Oh, incredible organization. CDC. Yeah, another all government. I mean, this one's also another source is CNN. Right. Not exactly. Uh, Taunton, the, the no maskers yet. Their data is showing that the, uh, mass states are doing worse. So yeah. Fascinating to me how the information is such. Yeah, no, I agree. Anyways. That was dramatic. We're already halfway through the show. We haven't actually <laughs> talked about anything. All right. So Tana and I started pulling a bunch of slides. Yes. Um, well, these are slides we've been working on for some other stuff, but I thought that they were interesting. So I thought I would use them real quick just for giggle sake. Um, yes, it is about politics. Yes, it is about the stock market. Guess what? Those things impact you and your mm-hmm. finances and the projection of your ability to be comfortable. Fun facts for basically the last hundred years, the best combination of stock market returns is a democratic president with a split Congress. Mm-hmm. That's weird, right? Because all of us will say, no, it's a Republican president. Not true. Technically, in fact, that combination, when you look at the time periods in the last almost 100 years, they've averaged a 13, 14 percent return Mm -hmm. in those time periods. So maybe it's a bummer our Congress wasn't split because split. What the heck is split? (laughs) It was split because then we might have a stronger stock market. I don't know. I mean, that's what history says. But I don't believe in history. Uh, Here's another slide Tana was working on. I'm trying to find ways to poke holes in it because she was working on it. <laughs> you know, someone someone accused me of using you as some kind of like you're in the hot seat on this. Is that how you feel? Sometimes I'm caught up a little, you know, off guard. But so you're saying that if I was to put the media in front of you and I was to give them all the questions and give you all the answers but you don't give me the answers that, ahead of time. So no, sometimes I know, but that's I'm a little, prefer? <laughs> well, no, I so like who, authenticity. I mean, so it, who are you? The president? <laughs> Just Anyways, this is, this is going downhill. Oh yes. Quick. But I enjoy every moment of the sinking ship. The, um, okay. So what's interesting though, is we looked at the four years of a presidential cycle, right? What happens statistically in those four years? Um, when you look at it against the general stock market, the S&P 500, what you see is the first two years are generally fine years, but they're also more muted against the second two years. And what we learned from this exercise when Tana and I were looking at the data is there's just still uncertainty, right? I mean, you got midterm elections coming up. That will shape the presidency. That will shape the potentialness of passing legislation and doing certain things. And so once you generally get past those cycles where this uncertainty is lifted, that's where you can have a lot more potential optimism in what's happening in financial markets. I thought that was a fun fact. So yeah. maybe we're just still also, even though the markets come up a little bit, 
a lot of bit. Uh, what uh, that was that was rude. The market's come up a lot since last November. Um, you know, it's just it's obviously as we've discussed before, it's on a massive sugar rush from the the implosion of the market last year. Right. Then what Tana did. So Tana appears to be better at PowerPoint slides than me also. So everybody can do this stuff better than me. But somehow Tana was able to make this chart and she made it colorful. I would have preferred red and green so it would have felt more Christmassy. No, you wouldn't understand um, it. Red, it and red and green. So it could have been more candy cane-ish. <laughs> but she did red and blue. And what she did is, what do we got? We got 1933 to more or less now. Yes. Okay, Tana. I have a quiz question for you. Okay. No matter what the color is of the chart over the last hundred ish years, what has the stock market chart been doing? Continually going up. Yeah, that's true. This is the phenomenon of investing, right? Is yeah, obviously there's it. It goes up and down, but it's going yeah. up entirety, right? The up right. and down is like the heartbeat as it moves along. But the reality is, is guess what, everybody. The stock market is a good deal because it always ultimately goes up. Now, granted, your timing, your situation, the relevance to you is different, right? Depending on your time horizon and when and where you need your finances and how you choose to use them is how you then make your own investment decisions and how we would help you make those also. But in the big scheme of things, as we talk about common rhetoric, is mm -hmm. put politics aside. Stock market always grinds up. I talked about this last fall is I when Obama was coming in, I had clients saying before Obama came in, sell everything because Obama's going to ruin the market. And then the opposite happened. When Trump was coming in, I had clients say, sell everything. Trump is going to ruin the market. And guess what happened last November? Mike, sell everything. Biden's going to ruin the market. We hear it every single time. And yeah. every single time, Tana, what happened? Yeah, it just kept it going up. Yeah, up. absolutely. Up. It's insane. And people did miss out. The ones that did sell to cash, yeah. they missed out on a really... Good year. Look, I've, I've got a handful yeah. of people that sold out last November. Right. And then, and then, you know, you talk to them about it. And I finally had one the other day that says, I'm ready to get back in. I said, not a good Why? time. Why? Because it finally hit its like 30th all time high this <laughs> year. Like, Oh, Hey, good move. Anyways. Um, look, don't let emotions govern it. Mm -hmm. Don't let politics govern your decisions because guess what? Investing is about investing in companies. You're investing in stock, people. You're not investing mm -hmm. in politics. And guess what this chart shows us is for 100 years, companies have had to have adapted to different regulations, different tax policy, different codes, different processes, and mysteriously, the stock market grinds higher. Right. Can I drop the mic? Do I drop? How, should I drop this on the ground? <laughs> no. Walk out. It'll break it. And then I'll then I'll be like, and then I'll and then then I'll just be talking, and everyone just see me moving. It's terrible. <laughs> I, dude, I need to like, I need to get up on a soapbox out on the corner of Victoria here, you know, like with like Lady Liberty hat on or something, and just start screaming at cars. I, I could be, just convert everybody. I could be good at that. Another beautiful chart by Tana Pennington. She calls it the odds of being positive because she said that the odds of me being negative when she sees me every morning is likely. And so she wanted to do something more. Pleasant. No, no, no. Like I'm trying to be positive. Life is good. We got nothing to complain yeah. about. Okay. Okay. So what, so what we did here, this is something we really like. We use it. If you've been to my conference room, there's a pretty picture of this in my conference room. Um, we update it every year, except this chart. We didn't put 2020 on there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But if we did, it would have been a positive year. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So in a hundred years, we show all of the red years and green years, right? Down years and up years. So Tana quiz question are what color is there more of green? There's more green years. Are those up or down years? Positive. Okay. Would you say there's barely more green years than red years? A lot more. A lot more. What a phenomenon. The reason I did that little joking hassle was for the people that are listening to this on the podcast and they can't see the beautiful pictures that we're showing is there are a lot more positive years than negative years. In the last hundred years, the market is more or less positive three out of four years. We spend all of our time, not me, but I, I was, I was making myself the people in society. Everybody freaks out. They're so busy waiting for a negative year, waiting for a problem, waiting for the bad news that they will give up a lot of upside. I mean, it's, it's almost the election thing is the perfect example is I'm so busy using my emotion to make a decision that, that I miss out on so much upside. The market works out more often than not mm -hmm. people. You should be invested in the stock market if you have the time horizon. Time horizon is the magic thing. If you need all your money tomorrow to pay for your income, to buy your house or whatever, you don't have the time horizon to take the risk in the stock market. But if you don't need your money for 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 years, whatever it is, mm -hmm. people, you need to be invested in equities. That's the whole point of this stuff. Did that convince them? <laughs> I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tana's like, I guess I should invest my money in the stock market. This is crazy. Uh, well, I love it. The one thing I would say though is, is I've learned over the years that a lot of financial professionals are, are the like, they don't practice what they preach kind of people. Like I knew a guy, very successful financial planner, coolest guy, la la la, say all the greatest acclimates about how awesome he was. And then one year he's declaring bankruptcy. And I'm like, huh? Like, Ouch. What's wrong with this guy? Tan and I practice what we preach, right? Yes. We own the investments that we discuss, uh, our family and our, even ourselves. We own the insurance policies, the annuities. Yes. We own all of the things that we tell our clients to purchase. Absolutely. It's totally true. And that's why we're broke. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we're disciplined. We're on budgets. <laughs> we're saving money. It's really important uh, to do what you encourage. I have more of a do. budget than Tana though, but <laughs> her husband flies private jets, people. Well, no, I just have older kids than you private. do that are more expensive because I'm trying to help old them. Guards. Old all guards. <laughs> that's tr you're laughing like that's not true. No, the, it's um, <laughs> it is true. All right. All right. All right. I thought that this was fascinating. I came across this article over the weekend. Um, it's from the uh, Wall Street Journal, which I imagine is a very uncredible source. No, very no, credible. Completely uncredible, right? No. So they put this article out last week. It's called the, the Biden tax mirage. Now, just based on the heading, I have a feeling this isn't going to be favorable to Biden's tax policies. Once again, this is from the Wall Street Journal. This isn't from the imaginary factory of Mike Mansfield. Uh, what does the little premise line say? Marginal tax rates have been a lot higher, but the actual share of the top 1% pays stays pretty consistent. Well, that's interesting. Let's see what they're talking about. So let's read this article here. And I, I hate reading out loud. It's like, for some reason, you, when you read out loud, you instantly don't know how to read. Like, do you notice that? Yeah. Like, how come I can sit in bed all night and read stuff all day? And then out loud, it's like, 
you know, it's crazy. Okay, so what do we got? With deficits at levels not seen since World War II, the March $1.9 trillion stimulus only beginning to spend out. See, I already screwed something up. That didn't sound right. And President Biden calling for a significantly higher marginal tax rates to help fund another $4 trillion of spending. Okay, so what does this mean? Are deficits at all-time highs? Mm -hmm. We're spending a boatload of money. And the answer to the problem is higher tax rates for the wealthy, right? We've heard this. Turn on the news. I don't care what channel you watch. This is a conversation everywhere. And Maybe the rhetoric of each channel pushes it differently, but everybody's aware that this is going on. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's a reality check on how high marginal tax rates and the actual taxes paid by American can be raised without an economic crash going forward. Um, so who wrote this article? Let's see, Tana. Have you ever heard of an economist? Yes. Would you hire an economist to fix your broken toilet? <laughs> no. Would the economist change the oil of your car? No. Okay. Okay. So just some, but just they some are context. A- they're a credible source for this. But are these but are these even even more than that? So you got Gerald from the Treasury Department. You ever heard of the Treasury Department? Government. Oh, completely uncredible <laughs> conspiracy kook shop, right? No, this is a pretty legit dude working yeah. at the the pretty legit place who's actually in charge of creating all of this policy, right? And David was it Splitzer? Splinter. 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 Mm-hmm. I saw the Z. And that threw me off. And you're like, I can see you looking for the Z. It's not there. I don't see a Z. It's not. told you. So he's a part of the Joint Committee on Taxation. Oh, another giant government organization. So these two fine gentlemen who you would not have fixed your toilet or changed the oil of your car, they decided to compile an extraordinary new database using, got to go to the next page, the IRS data on taxes actually collected since 1962. Why did they pick 1962? Fun fact, that is the top, 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 top of the tax bracket after World War II. Tana, what was the top tax bracket in 1962? 91%. Ooh. Yo, diggity. Yeah. The, um, that's a high tax bracket, right? Very. That is... um pretty high that's actually almost a hundred percent uh how much do i owe you guys <laughs> like yeah it's like when you like you hold like if you don't know how to count you hold the money out and they like right. take it from you you're like yeah you know there's just like a few pennies left <laughs> thanks so anyways back in 1962 the top tax bracket was 91 percent. and so what does that say it says that bracket was for joint incomes in today's dollars people making basically a little over three million dollars now once again Top tax bracket, right? This is the mm-hmm. loop. After deductions and credits back then, only 477 tax filers out of 71 million tax filers actually ever paid in that tax bracket. Does that sound like a highly effective tax bracket? No. Oh, yeah. We got a bunch of people paying in there. Boom. <laughs> no, not at all. Boom. Right. Uh, the top 1% of income earners only paid 16% of their income in federal payroll taxes. So let's just come down to the chart. The chart's kind of cool. So what does this chart show? It shows the top tax rate versus taxes actually collected. Now, granted, they're breaking down 1%, top 1%, the top 10%, and then the bottom 50%. So this kind of yellowish puke colored line is the top tax brackets. So Tana, since the 60s, what has that tax brackets been doing more or less? Um, Going down. 
Okay, they're going down. Okay, mm-hmm. good, good fun fact. And then we can see on this chart, the dark blue is the top 1%. The dark blue is the, I guess, that top blue line. Um, what has the blue line been doing? Gradually increasing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been going up a little bit, but it's kind of flat too, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. kind of hanging out. But what do we notice about that? Isn't that like fascinating based on these economists from the government that put this data together to say, wait a second, when tax taxes are exponentially high, nobody actually pays it. Right. In fact, when you look at the history of this chart, that's the lowest spot of, of higher income earners even paying tax. Right. Hence the mirage. Hence the mirage. Yes. Like what's going on here? But as tax rates go down, even though it's very consistent, there's a gradual increase of more and more tax revenue collected from the, this group of people. Um, kind of fascinating. Now, why is that? Well, the reality is, is when you make taxes stupid, right? Hey, go work your butt off. And yeah. Obnoxious. Give us, give us 91% of whatever you make. A lot of people start to say, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. They look for ways to avoid oh, taxes. tax avoidance, right? Yeah. So they say, hey, maybe I buy tax deferred investments. Maybe I don't right. sell my investments. Uh, maybe I, I hire hold. a fancy CPA that can be really creative. Going back to that video we shared earlier, the, the, the <laughs> venture capitalism, right? Yes. Get some real creative stuff going yep. on. Um, so, okay. Okay. So that's good. So we're kind of making an interesting case here. So let's go to the next page. Whoops. Uh, uh, President Kennedy recognized that while confiscatory tax rates collected little revenue, they stifled growth as mm-hmm. as resources are squandered in avoiding taxes rather than the production of goods. So what they found in the study of this is that the high income people spent so much time not doing what they should be doing, and that's producing goods, creating right. economics. Remember. Um, the joke is, have you ever gotten a, a job from a poor person, right? It's the rich people that hire and create and do things. They said, forget all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Let's spend all of our time on tax avoidance. Yeah, good, good point. The growth of the world. Uh, when the top tax bracket was reduced to 70%, so still disgustingly high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now you had 3,600 people out of 7,500 million filers pay. So it's increasing, right? We were bringing the bracket down and you got more people paying into that top bracket. So something's changing a little bit. Nothing crazy. Uh, when Reagan cut the top rate to 50%, still very high. GDP but a big started difference. to grow. Yeah, right? big started difference. Um, still, 341,000 out of 109 million filers started to pay in that bracket. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, remember, Remember the first bracket? 400 yeah. people. Now we're up to 341,000 people. So more and more people are paying in those brackets. Now we keep going. See what the Mirage has to say now. In 1986, tax reform reduced the top bracket to a low of 28%. But the reform was responsible. It closed loopholes. Mm-hmm. It offset the rate reductions and other changes in the tax code. Revenues grew and the economy expanded. What? That's weird. Oh, because people stopped wasting their time trying to figure out how not to pay taxes and they got back to doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's creating economy. Yeah. And stimulating the stock surged. Oh yeah. Stimulating the stock market. Yeah. What is one way that, um, high income earners make a lot of their money? It's from their investments, right? Mm -hmm. Buying and selling stocks, buying and selling real estate, buying and selling businesses. So when the tax rate, Hey, you build a business, Tana, I'm going to let you build a business. You work your butt off. You hire a dozen people. You take care of them. Hell, you even create a 401k and a pension plan. Life is good for everyone else. And Mm -hmm. now you're going to finally, you're finally cashing in. 
This is it. This is Tana's payday. It's retirement day. Tana, you're going to sell your business for a million dollars and you get to keep 9% of it. Happy uh, retirement. No, that's terrible. Right. So no. people say, what the heck? I'm not selling my stocks. I'm not selling my cars. I'm going to hang on to all this stuff. Right. Because what's the point of having a guaranteed loss on my gains of all of it? Yeah, not worth so it. It was very confusing. So when the when the tax rate came down to 28%, all of a sudden they started selling those assets. They started forgetting the fact of trying to avoid taxes. They started paying it. Mm -hmm. $26 million out of 115 million filers paid in that tax bracket. That's a huge difference. All right, you got more people paying oh, a yes. higher amount of tax and it's still the top people more or less. Right. Then the top rate was raised back to 39 or to 39.6 and 93 and guess what? Oh, only 450,000 out of 123 million pairs paying that. So, once again, we're kind of back to like we we keep messing with this mm -hmm. too much. Um, it, there's some more detail on that about how it goes as tax rates fell. So remarkably, while the top tax bracket fell from 91 to 28%, the percentage of income actually paid in income and payroll taxes by the top 1% rose to 21%. So they, they basically, mm -hmm. as rates went down, more taxes were paid, right. more taxes were collected. It's fascinating. That Anyways, is very interesting. Well, there's one more thing that I thought was interesting. I'm going to say, I think it was worth noting because that's what the article literally says. So this is worth noting. <laughs> um, I've heard before, because um, I read a lot of this stuff, obviously we like this stuff, but I've read before that uh, people like the idea of, hey, we should bring in the European tax code. Those socialistic countries, um, they figured out how to tax the wealthy to make the system work better. And that mm -hmm. might be something that we look at. So here's the Organization for Economic Cooperation Development found that high income Americans already bury higher relative share of the income tax burden than the rich do in other nations. Huh? What does that mean? The top 10% of American householders earn about 33% of all income, but pay 45% of all taxes. That progressivity ratio is 1.35% is higher than the German ratio of 1.07, the French ratio of 1.1, and the Swedish ratio of one. What does this mean? This means that actually our high income earners literally pay more tax than they would if they lived in another country. So you know what? Hallelujah. Let's bring in those, those foreign tax codes. That sounds phenomenal for the, the, the elite of the country. I don't know. Jeez, I feel like, like, how do we just stop? Like, I feel like we've been on this like obnoxious power roll. And how no, do you, these are really you, strong points. How do you, how do you, how do you finish that? <laughs> how do you stop it? Look, uh, we're going to wrap it up there. The show has been long enough. I'm going to get yelled at for making this too long, but this was a good show. I think there's a lot of information. We are here to help you with your retirement plans. We're here to help you get organized. We're here to help you make good financial decisions. We make unemotional decisions when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your investments, when it comes to decisions, we can help guide you with that. Give our office a call 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Or visit our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. Other than that, everybody have a great day and, a, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 
7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC, the Lind Group Advisors LLC, and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.